3: Um, so we've actually asked uh, for some testimonies, and
4: we've got five people going to bring testimonies, starting with Claire. It's all written down.
5: Inevitable, Inevitable paper. <coughs> Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm Claire, one of many Claires. Bless God for the Claires in the house. I joined this church at the start of 1991, so I've known the McGills for less time than our elders, but more than some of you. And it's a great privilege to cram too many words into a tight time to honour and celebrate you, Jonathan. Pastor Jonathan has a committed and searching heart which has always pleased God. In the 90s, he gave up his successful, if stressful, bow-tied, pink-jacketed city life, To pursue God's calling and embrace a less remunerative, navy blue jumpered spiritual life of seeking to serve God's kingdom and this church, this Bromley, this country. The church moved from meeting in West Wickham, we changed our venue school and name and became Bromley Town Church. And then we were able to purchase this dear building and settle for a while until the next adventure begins soon. The years are full of memories of places and people, Stonely Bible Weeks, Bradford Conferences, Uganda Conferences, USA Connections, and many of Jonathan's trusted brothers and sisters who have enriched our fellowship, prayer life, and understanding of the Word, God's presence, and Holy Spirit. On your journey, you restored spiritual disciplines to us. You emphasised our personal responsibilities for our own journeys, and equipped us better to fight and to minister rather than spoon feeding us. Reading the word daily, setting up prayer altars at home and here in this house, digging deeper, sharing what God is revealing individually and expecting that rather than rushing to a study written to feed us with knowledge. Fasting, service, confession, guidance, celebration, worship, simplicity, solitude, submission. Easy words to say, easy to talk about, but you lead by example and model the set-apart life. So we are always encouraged and challenged and grown as we follow your lead. And that's been a constant. You will always find time for people who want to change, want to pursue, can't stay as they are, including a long time ago, a stay-in-the-sleeping-bag teenager getting up to walk and pray at 6 a.m. with you on Stoneleigh. An early example of your discipling heart looking out to invest in the generations to come and sacrificing your time for his benefit. I know there are many other such examples and testimonies. Over these years, you have developed the Father's heart and the patience and wisdom contained in it. This grows often through difficult and humbling times. We do continue to pray for that fathering spirit that God gave you through many tears that is his gift, not man's example, to to continue to grow and flourish in this house. We all know that humbled hearts are given more authority. A good steward is given more to steward, and we have seen your responsibilities in the community and wider church grow considerably, from street pastors and hots and council connections to the turning this year, as well as leading the networks of local church leaders. We acknowledge God's trust in you for all these connections. Part of the faith journey for all of us is learning to fear God more than man. We see that. So you are not afraid of not knowing all the answers because you know the God who does. Hindsight and experience are great blessings, but real wisdom comes from complete immersion in the word and counsel of the Holy Spirit. We are grateful for the way you have sought that wisdom. Fathering and stewarding are bittersweet roles. You have taken the responsibility of stewarding the well of healing, reconciliation, strengthening and refreshment, that Bromley Town Church is called to be people come people go people stay come, go stay keeping a soft heart of release keeps the well open and flowing as we learn to welcome to invest to release and not to allow the pain and fear of loss to become rocks in the well you model that too On a personal note, thank you for loving and caring for me and my family over all these years. Thank you for praying for us all, including my dear David. Thank you for covering me before God in my years in position here in the church. Thank you for officiating at the weddings of both my children. That's clearer than saying you married both of them. And for discipling and investing in them both. Thank you for grace, compassion, correction, forbearance and mercy, and more. You've led this church sacrificially through ups and downs, fogs and storms, and sunshine and plains for dancing. We follow because you model going deeper, total surrender, honesty before God, and a soft heart. And you sing very loudly, so we know you are there shepherding us. (laughs) As you have seen, the photos of the earlier Jonathan show a confident, charismatic leader with knitting pattern good looks and a great head of hair. You would know he was in a room, even if he wasn't singing. The Jonathan of these days does not have that hair. This man has confidence in the one he carries. This man has a presence which is not his own. This man brings God's presence into the room, as he always desired to do in his heart. We thank God for you and these 60 years and rejoice with you for all that's yet to be and ask for God's blessing on you, your marriage, Helen, Dan and Charlotte and Isla and Henry and ask that God will give you all the desires of your heart. Trust and obey, which is Pastor Jonathan's favourite phrase.
1: Um, a tough act to follow. (laughs) I knew this was going to be a bit difficult. Um, So I wrote it down. This is possibly one of the easiest birthday speeches to make because there is so much good to say about Pastor Jonathan. And whilst it is Jonathan's birthday, it's almost impossible not to also refer to Helen because it's always been Jonathan and Helen. So do bear with my references. My name is Yemi. I attend the church with my wife Yenka and our son Nathan. We've known Jonathan and Helen for close to eight years. In that time, Jonathan and Helen have been a blessing to us, both as a pastor and a friend to our family. Jonathan is a good pastor and a man with such a good heart, and I don't say that lightly. So it is easy for us, along with many of the other members here, to share countless personal stories in testament to this. A few memorable and significant ones for us are one, yourself and Helen, praying with us and encouraging us in the years leading up to the birth of our son, Nathan. Second is working with us through very difficult times of loss. You have a way of making situations lighter and helping us to maintain a faith-filled and positive perspective. Also on many occasions, making yourself available even with your very busy schedule, such as yourself and Helen giving up your Sunday evenings to take us through the marriage course before our wedding, which was not long after we just newly joined the church. We say it's a blessing that keeps on blessing our family. As our pastor, you have a heart for God, which is clearly infectious, seeing how your passion has ignited and continues to inspire the faith of many of us. You challenge us to make prayers and Bible devotions a daily priority. These disciplines have immensely blessed our faith and Christian maturity, and I'm certain that many will say the same. One of the things that drew me initially to keep coming back to BTC was Jonathan's testimony of having previously worked in the city and giving that up to follow God's calling into ministry. That, beyond making you and your message easier to relate to, was also deeply inspiring to see a man who was not only passionate about God, but is also willing to make the sacrifices to to walk his talk and live out his faith. In result, is this amazing church that many of us know as family and call a second home. So, thank you for your sacrifices. Jonathan is fairly tall in physical as well as spiritual stature, yet, filled with so much humility, care, and compassion. You are easy to talk to, and so you connect easily with everyone, irrespective of background or where each person is in his journey. Your life inspires us to be a blessing to others. You love God and love others without asking for anything in return. You inspire us to pray for others, to be a true friend, to give freely of our time to others, and most importantly, to love God in spirit and in truth, for those are the kind of worshippers that our fathers seek. I'll end this by referring to the meaning of the word honor, H-O-N-O-R, because I have an H factor. (laughs) It means to hold a high respect for someone, to esteem or to admire a person. And I think these are perfect words to sum up everything about you, Jonathan. So thank you for all that you are and all that you do. And here is wishing you a very happy birthday and many more of God's blessing and grace for your life, your family and your ministry. Thank you.
4: Yummy, Amen. I uh, heard Jonathan speak many years ago uh, at an inter-church event. My name's Mark, by the way, and uh, I thought, my, this guy speaks really well. Uh, when I joined this church seven years ago, I went to a prayer meeting and uh, I thought, wow, this guy sings really loudly. And uh, it's been a great church to be involved in. And uh, I met uh, my wife Jan here actually. In tooth, I know how romantic is that. And. Uh, it was, uh, it was 2012, uh, so I came to the church, and uh, it's curry union, so I was in the kitchen cutting up a chicken, and Jam was in the kitchen cutting up vegetables, and our, our eyes met, and it was like a Mills and Boone book, <laughs> except only better. Uh, anyway, so uh, it's, been a, it's been really great uh, knowing Jonathan, really good knowing you all these years, Jonathan. Jonathan is a very good speaker, and uh, He uh, speaks sometimes at Curry Union when he remembers. Uh, And uh, anyway, Curry Union is a fortnightly meal. uh, It's for people who maybe live on the streets or live dysfunctional, difficult lives. And uh, it says in the Bible that, uh, this is Paul speaking to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, "...make every effort to present yourself approved to God, an unashamed workman who accurately handles the word of truth." Um, people come and go at Curry Union all the time. They come along, we see them for a while, we make friends, and, we, and then we don't see them ever again sometimes. And, and then we see them again after a few years, uh, and then uh, all of a sudden, you know, they're gone. And uh, they live such chaotic lives, some of them anyway. And then sometimes we hear through the grapevine that someone's passed away. Uh, and uh, at each of the Curry Unions, Curry Unions we have a five-minute preach and uh, Jonathan sometimes preaches. And uh, uh, I remember one occasion, it was immediately after uh, someone had, had, had died. It was quite a well-publicized death, actually. So it was really, really sad. And uh, Jonathan's message that night was really hard-hitting. Uh, it was something along the lines of, let's get real here. This life may be temporary, but eternity is not. Uh, it was the right message at the right time. And that's really one of the things that uh, I noticed about Jonathan is he's got that ability to bring the right words into the, into the right situation. It's, it's a real knack, a real blessing that God has, has, God, God has given him. Uh, and he's, he's someone who can bring the word uh, at the pulpit. And I know preparing for a word is never easy, but uh, actually even harder is living it out. Uh, and Jonathan's really really good at at that as well so we were we're blessed by Jonathan on on so many levels uh, by his his lifestyle as well it says in Hebrews that talks about how we may spur one another on to good deeds and really that only comes about by the life we live and and Jonathan is certainly a a role model so um, bless you Jonathan thank you very much indeed for your love God bless you
3: Right, um, I've got a bit of a cough, so I'm armed with a, a lozenger already in me, mouth, and I've got me water as well. So bear with me if um, <clears throat> if I go into a little bit of a fit. But uh, um, mine is going to be very short and sweet. Um, and again, I think it's it's quite a, a, a lot of difficult ones to follow. Um, <clears throat> I, um, if you don't know, I'm married to Sarah. Who is the daughter of Claire? Who Claire then mentioned at the start there that is one of the two Stevenses that uh, Jonathan has married on this very stage. Uh, and it's that's what I'm going to talk about is uh, the first time that I met Jonathan. Um, I was uh, summoned for a coffee um, <laughs> And uh, on Easter Monday, I think it was 2008. And the the, the main reason for that was for Jonathan to get to know me, and most importantly, to see if he was happy to marry me. (laughs) And Sarah, of course. Um, Now, this could have been very uh, potentially awkward. Um, I didn't know him, he didn't know me. Uh, And as far as the church was concerned, I'd built up a lot of walls over the years, um, but marriage and fatherhood had beckoned uh, imminently, um, and this is why I was sat in front of, uh, Jonathan. Um, I hadn't been with God for many years. I didn't do church. Uh, Sunday mornings for me was very different, uh, in those days. And, um, Jonathan did recognize all of this, um. He spoke very directly uh, to me and he had said said that he had thought hard and prayed and he believed that God had chosen this non-traditional path uh, for me uh, to basically give me a bit of a kick uh, back into line. Uh, And after a a little bit more conversation about general things... um, we, uh, we left it with Jonathan saying, right then, see you on Sunday, 10 a.m., start, shop. And that, that's just another message for the rest of the church as well. We start at 10, yeah? So, I've been dying to get that one on for ages. Um, so, um, the qualities that Jonathan demonstrated um, from that first meeting that, that I had with him of um, those that still continue to this day to, to stand out, and I, I've picked five uh, traits here, and I'm going to get through all five, Jonathan, in one morning. Okay. Um, and the first one is his directness. Uh, Jonathan doesn't shy away from speaking the truth from from God's word, um, even if you don't really want to hear it. Um, Secondly, is his thoughtfulness. He's a very considerate and caring man and seeks God's wisdom. Thirdly, he is very prayerful. Um, You can always count on Jonathan to go before God, whatever the situation is, and he models a prayerful life for us all as a church. Fourthly, he's compassionate. He has the heart for people coming to Jesus, even if the outside world looks as if they're just in a mess. And finally, Jonathan is committed to the church. He focuses his life on leading us on a journey together. Now, without these five qualities, which I've seen again and again over what's coming up for 11 years now. Um, And, you know, since our our meeting in in Starbucks, I'm very sure that had this not happened, that the Hearst family would be a very, very different family today. And I'm very, very uh, proud and honoured to be able to call Jonathan a friend, a pastor, and to be able to confide in him uh, and, and come to this church as well. Okay. Thank you, Jonathan.
2: I thought, all right, would going to throw it away now. They've all said it. <laughs> oh, dear. What can you say about Jonathan McGill? Well, there's a lot, as you've already heard. Yeah? Okay. I I, I met uh, Jonathan for the first time a long, long time ago—34 years ago. I'm not very good at maths, but I got a calculator out and I worked it out. It's 34 years ago, and it started way back in Biggin Hill Christian Fellowship, which many of you may know. Um, Fun enough, it's in Biggin Hill, and I was saved there, uh, gave my life to the Lord back in 1985. And I hadn't been there very long at all. It was back in the summer of 1985. And uh, very soon thereafter, uh, there were some people that joined the church from Coney Hall Baptist Church. And and Jonathan and Helen and Clive and Gail made up some of that number. Um, And I didn't know him, obviously. I was new to the church anyway. Didn't know anyone uh, particularly. But as soon as I saw this guy, for reasons you've already heard. I thought, you're impressive, yeah? You're impressive. I didn't even know this guy. He stood, you've seen the photographs, he stood tall, still stands tall, uh, and he had an air about him of authority. He was, what, 26? Yeah, it would have been, yeah, 26. And I thought, I like this guy. Never met him, and I sort of, sort of... uh, sort of just saw that about him. And then we sort of forged a friendship because uh, we, we, we were both, we joined a discipleship uh, group, uh, Big and Hill Christian Fellowship, and that's when I really got to know Jonathan a bit more. And uh, yeah, it's ever since then, uh, it has been that uh, my Christian life has journeyed alongside his. Um, it's the way it's been. And from that time, as you've heard from Claire, we've been in different venues called different names uh, in terms of West and Christian Fellowship and, and uh, now as Bromley Town Church. And there's been lots of highs, yeah? There's been lots of good times. There's been lots of difficulties. There's been some lows. And we've sort of charted those together, experiencing the pattern of life, Yeah. Uh, And it has been, it has been good. Um, Really, you don't need me to stand up here to tell you, but I'm going to anyway, that Jonathan is a man of integrity, he's a man of great strength, yeah? And that is sourced, undeniably, through his great love of God, Yeah? He has many giftings in the natural, but his supreme gifting is blessed of God, yeah, and his pursuit of God. He has faithful commitment, faithful commitment, which is contagious, yeah? If you're around him, you'll find that. You know, when you look at Jonathan, you see a man who will never ask you to do what he wouldn't do himself, and the chances are he's already done it himself anyway, yeah? He's never going to. He models it. Um, You know, it seems to me in my life generally, in my business life or whatever, there are many people out there who tell you what to do, who tell you this is the way to do it, yeah? But don't do it. This is a man who tells you what to do and does it. And for that, I bless you because that is a great strength to me. Because you don't get someone who, 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 just, who just sort of sings about it, talks about it, you get somebody who walks the walk. And that is very important for every one of us. His passion for the church, well, it's, it's obvious. His advance, a desire to see the, the advancement of the kingdom of God as well as the establishment of the church here, Bromley Townshire, Bromley as a whole, is pretty well known. He has a passion for that. He's a man of love and warmth and compassion, as you've heard, genuinely. These aren't just plaudits said on a significant day. These are heartfelt and meant and true. He's truly a mighty man of God. You need to know that if you don't already know that. Do you know, it seems to me, really, that the word privilege in this day and age is bandied around. We, we get superlatives everywhere, don't we? You know, and so it's a privilege of you that. Know. But I'm going to say, with trueness of heart, it is truly been, Jonathan, a privilege to walk my Christian faith alongside man like this. And I know I speak on behalf of all of you that it is a privilege to have a man like this, Pastor Bromley Town Church. And as a result of that, on this day, on a very special day, what is a birthday? I mean, it's, it's here and it's gone, yeah? But this is, 60 is a landmark, it really is. And on this day, I just wanna conclude what all my, my brother and my sisters have said, and I know you say it too, and we'll likely say it to him later, it, it is, a, it is a truly a blessing, and we wish you all of God's blessing over your family, over your ministry, over your life. It is, it is good to be here today to honour you and to say thank you. And now you have the very unenviable task of having to come up here and reply. <laughs>
0: sit sit down just for a moment it is difficult for me to follow that and I truly want to say thank you to everybody Um, I think what's been impressed upon my heart is, you know, we take so much for granted we always take things for granted, you don't know something until you lose it, you know you didn't know your toe was there until you knocked it against the cabinet if you went out to the toilet in the middle of the night or something like that I realise how privileged we are with relationships relationships mean so much and I know that I have been blessed with, with strong and deep relationships across a whole range of different situations in life. Some of you I know a little, some of you I know a lot, but there's relationships, and those relationships count a lot. And having heard some of the stories, I mean, I remember sitting in Starbucks with Steve. Oh, my days. <laughs> what do I say? And yet God has been so faithful, because look at the fruit that's come. And the blessing that has come through that relationship. What an honor it is to know you, Steve, and Sarah, and to know all of you, and to have been part of your lives, and have had the privilege of being able to encourage you in the Christian faith. I've heard some things this morning that have, wow, I didn't realize I sang that loudly. <laughs> you know, I have literally been uncovered. Some of you have seen pictures there. You know, I did have hair. You see, some of you said, no, no you always thought, you know, I did have hair. And actually, what uh, I saw through that is, I saw the hair disappearing. And that was sad, because and some of those pictures, and obviously, I don't know, if you see them again, they may share them again. They probably will do, just to give you a laugh. Um, but you can see that when the alopecia started to come in, and I realized that I was looking more and more like I was going through chemotherapy, which I wasn't that it was time for me to shave my hair off. And that was a very difficult time for me, personally. Because suddenly, who you were becomes, or who you were, and and we find that out when we look in the mirror, that no longer was for me. And so there was always a shock. Every time I looked in the mirror, I thought, who is this person? And you have to, and in fact, Helen used to say that. Who are you? Um, (laughs) it, It takes a while to get used to. But thank you for getting used to it. And thank you for now allowing me to be like this. And it's so much easier for people to say, like, who are you talking about? And that tall, bald bloke. And everybody knows who it is. <laughs> it's so much easier. So it saves introductions. It just makes life so much smoother to follow. I'm, Clive just said, oh, look, you're not going to speak. Because I had got my message. you remember the message on, on Job that I prepared and we didn't get to? I thought, brilliant. I don't have to prepare this week. I'll sort what i I'll just go through that again get it ready. And then Clive said, no, you're not preaching. You're just following up from what some other people are saying. So I recognise that. But I thought, there must be something that I can do. So I thought, I know what I can do. I can play you an old song that none of you know, but means a lot to me, and I can then speak about it. So, and as that's sort of to do with singing and worship, which, as you know, always encourages me. And the reason that worship encourages me is because it draws his presence. And I have to say that the hunger, and the hunger, praise God, will not go away. I have a hunger for the presence of God. Because His presence changes lives. I have found that in my own life. I have seen it in the lives of other people. And I want to see that happen for so many other people. I can't always describe it, I don't always have the right words to say. Some people it's about preaching, you need to know Jesus. But you know what? Some is just about you need to experience his presence Amen. and his peace. Because there's nothing that compares to it. And that is what, in my heart, I hunger for that. Amen. And there is yet more to be discovered. Yes. And I want to discover that. Because I want to see his glory come. Yes. Because as his glory comes, it changes yes. people. It changes families. It changes lives. And there is nothing more glorious than seeing that. So the song. Anyway, let's get back to the song. The song that I am going to play to you today is sung by... Hmm, I don't know I made a note of it. No, I don't. Uh, George Beverly Shea. And so it is part of a Billy Graham crusade. It was written by a man called Rhoda Heaver, who I've got to look up. I know that he had a, a strong Christian background. The song is called, Then Jesus Came. It's very simple words. I hope you will be able to hear the words because it talks about the blind man. The, the, the verse is about blind Bartimaeus. The song is, Then Jesus Came. And it speaks to my heart. Paul, if you can play that for us. It only lasts for about two minutes, and of course, it's old-fashioned. You hear that straight away. <laughs> Just a little bit more volume, Paul. So that song I don't know whether many of you know that song or if you've ever heard that song before. When Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. That song, for me, it encapsulates everything that we're talking about. When he comes, there is transformation that comes to our hearts. I don't know what your circumstances here this morning, most of you I know, but maybe there's somebody here who's for the first time the difference that you need to find in your life is relationship with Jesus Christ. He makes everything, everything different. And it's not as though when I say that, it's like, oh, suddenly everything becomes new, everything becomes changed, you know, like, I changed my clothes, suddenly the day looks different, and yet somehow that is the difference that he makes. He changes us from the inside and encourages us to walk with him so that our lives can be different. But God, through his son Jesus Christ, brings forgiveness of your sins and transformation of what you are like as a person. He can remove sin and iniquity, the stains of life he can take away. And he, with his presence walking with you day by day, can enable you to become a newly thinking person a newly acting person and a newly loving person. And as you walk with him, you will find that your life can be directed from heaven, not from the things of earth. When Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. When Jesus comes, the darkness has to flee. When Jesus comes, everything changes. And that's what that song reminds me of. And even though it's so old-fashioned and it sounds old-fashioned, Actually, the words are not old-fashioned. The words are right and relevant for our lives today, that he makes all the difference. And that's the testimony of my life. That's the testimony of who I am. It's the testimony of what God has done in me. And all of these things that people have said, it is extremely honoring. And I thank them for it. Part of me thinks, like, this isn't quite true because I still live on the inside of this body. And I still know the thoughts and the actions and the failures that I see from within myself. But I am blessed to hear that God has done something in me that is producing fruit in other people. Just as he said, for out of us will flow, will flow rivers of living water. And it is that living water that I want to see flow from my life. Not that I want glory, but that he deserves the praise, he deserves the honour, He deserves it all, because in the end, it's only what he has done in me that is being experienced by other people. You know, sometimes you think, like, I know Helen would say sometimes, how come you're patient with others? And not always quite so patient with me. And I don't know the answer to that. It's a a work in progress. It's a work in progress. But we recognise, you see, that's... That's because people who know everything about us. But God is at work. And for me, I was only talking to my friend uh, Charles Kaiwa. You know Charles who's been here from Uganda. I was talking to him this past week about various things. I was talking to him about one of the prayer meetings that we had through the 24 hours when we were praying for Steve and Angie and, and others who had been sick. We were praying for them during that time. And I was talking to him about some of the things that God had been showing to me during that time. Because it was late at night, it was early in the morning, and we were just praying here, I think Yinka was here as well, we were just praying in tongues. Just, actually, because there were so few people, which was a blessing, I could do whatever I wanted. I didn't have to lead anybody, didn't have to worry about anything, we could just pray. And I was praying during that time, and I distinctly felt that I could understand there's the realm of the spirit, and there's the realm of the physical. But in this time, I was being taken from the realm of the physical and being able to see into the realm of the spiritual. And there I could see that there was water there that you could drink that produced life. In fact, there were resources in the spiritual realm which are amazing and abundant. And all we have to do is to come out, as it were, of, this, of the physical realm and come into the spiritual realm to take those things that we can take them back from the spiritual realm and bring them back into the physical realm. And that's what I want to see happen more and more. We have a great difficulty. I looked at the clock to see how long I've got. Steve, I'm not going to get through these five points, <laughs> I'm only going to get through the first one. I want us as a church to learn more and more that the physical is real, but the spiritual came first. In the beginning was God, and God created the heavens and the earth. The realm which we live in, and we ourselves are human beings in which we live in, it was created by God and for God. It is not the first realm. The first realm is the spiritual realm. And if we learn how to affect the spiritual realm, realm, and go into the spiritual realm to get resources from God, we can radically affect the physical realm. That's why, see, if you have troubles in the physical realm, the place you need to go to to overcome them is into the spiritual realm, to find the resources of God to bring from there into this realm. Now, that journey, which sometimes is sort of like, oh, I don't understand that, I don't know how to get that, but the more that we can progress in that journey and understand that journey, the more that we will see this physical realm being gloriously changed and touched by the presence of God from the spiritual realm. And it can have an effect here. So I want to encourage you. The spiritual realm is real. We have a problem in this day and age of understanding that. Because none of our TV programs... Our TV programs don't talk about it. Our TV programs are about the non-existence of God. And yet our TV programs do speak about it. Because there's a lot of TV programs about the supernatural and things happening, because you see, it is a reality, but people want to deny it's a reality. But the truth is, God is, and he is here to help us. And if we can take the time, you realise that prayer isn't about asking God for things, prayer is this, it's saying, God, I am available for you. I know we use lots of words, And we use lots of different ways of standing up, sitting down, shouting out, doing all sorts of different things. But really, prayer is simply this. I make myself available for you. Which is why we can say the absence of prayer tells us something. It tells us, I want to be independent. I want to do things my way. But the presence of prayer says, I need you and your resources to enable me to affect this realm here so i want to encourage you do all that you can to connect with god who lives in the spiritual realm god is spirit and those who worship him must worship (coughs) him in spirit and in truth truth helps us to understand but he leads us by his Holy Spirit, whom everybody who has named the name of Jesus and taken him as Saviour and Lord receives the gift of the Holy Spirit to come within them. What is that for? It's to help us to connect to the reality of who God is. Father, we honour you and we bless you. We give you the praise. We give you the glory for all that you have done and all that you are yet to do. Father, I personally thank you for these 60 years of life. I thank you for my mom and my dad. I honor you for my wife and my children. I bless you, Lord, for this church, this family here. Uh, Father, as we commit ourselves to you, we ask, Heavenly Father, let the glory of your presence rain down (coughs) over over our lives and lead us in the way everlasting with yourself that we fully may accomplish the plans, the purposes, the decrees that you have made over our lives. We may accomplish those things for your glory and for your kingdom. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.